A very happy new year to all of you. We really pray for a better year this year than the one just passed, although it feels very much like we're not out of the woods just yet. But hope is in sight, and God continues to walk with us through whatever challenges we face. John, in Revelation chapter 1, wrote of his vision of the risen, exalted Jesus, saying, Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive for ever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Let us come before him in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, in these fear-fueled, faith-stretching days in which we live, we thank you for your strong right hand that holds and sustains us, the hand that created the cosmos and holds together every atom, that opened blind eyes, touched unclean lepers, and expelled evil spirits. A hand that was nailed to the cross, and that rolled away a huge stone. That hand is your hand, Lord Jesus. No hand is filled with more mercy and might. You have promised that no one or no thing can snatch us away from you. We don't know yet what 2021 will bring, but we do know who holds us. You are sovereign, and we look to you for our peace, our joy, and our hope, and for the power to change. Lord, we look back and we reflect on a year gone by, and we want to repent of all the things that have grieved you, and that have quenched the fire of your Spirit in our lives or indulging in too much gossip, rancour, slander, in a culture that's getting ever more cynical and critical and judgmental, for over-believing our fears and under-believing in you. Lord, fill us in this new year with kindness, compassion, encouragement, humility and grace, speaking words that heal and build up. Empower us to live and to love in a way that gives you glory. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we might once again know your joy, the joy of being your children, the joy of having our sins forgiven, the joy of having nothing to fear, the joy of resting secure in your good and loving purposes for our lives. We pray the words of the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Bible reading today is taken from the first chapter of John, John chapter 1, and we're reading verses 1 through to 18. Let us hear the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, 
and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and Though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. May God bless to us this reading of his word. Some years ago, a fascinating social experiment was set up by the Washington Post, which very quickly went viral. In Washington, D.C., on a cold January morning, world-famous violinist Joshua Bell, one of the finest talents in the classical world, stood in a metro station and played several intricate classical compositions as people passed by. The violin he played on was worth £2.8 million, and a couple of nights before he was playing the same pieces of music in a concert hall in Boston with people paying an average of $100 a seat. As he played for 45 minutes in the metro station, 1,097 people passed him by. Only seven stopped briefly, including a three-year-old boy who was then rushed on by his mother. One of those seven people who stopped actually recognised who he was. When he stopped playing, nobody else noticed Nobody applauded. And maybe that says something about people's attitudes to buskers. Maybe it says something about the things that were missing. The things that were just passing by as we barrel through life, always in a rush to wherever it is we want to go. This morning, even though it's the first Sunday in the new year, I don't want to rush us away from Christmas. Because there's just so much about this to take in and to savour. There's a real danger, in fact, that we just pass Christmas by without recognising, without really appreciating the baby in the manger. Without pausing long enough to to wonder at who he is, God coming among us. And that's exactly what John's Gospel invites us to do, to pause, to take stock. In this amazing prologue to his gospel about Jesus, John wants to say to us, look closely at the baby in a manger. And you'll see that this birth, this Jesus, 
is far more amazing than you, than you had ever imagined. Writing perhaps a couple of decades after Jesus' death and resurrection, John paints the big picture for us, leaving us in awe and reverence, lost in wonder and love and praise at the pre-existing eternal word become flesh. But in this wonderful prologue, there's a tragedy. The tragedy of millions of people just walking right by. Jesus not being recognised for who he is. The light shines in the darkness, it says, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his, his own did not receive him. That's maybe quite understandable that somebody like me might walk right past an accomplished musician like Joshua Bell and not recognise him for who he is or pause to take notice of his amazing talent. It still would seem like a tragedy, but maybe, maybe not that surprising. Think of the tragedy, however, of the one having made the entire cosmos the world we see and appreciate and enjoy, the one who created us coming into our world, but the world did not, does not recognise him. Think of the tragedy of the world not welcoming the very one to whom it owes its existence. That's heartbreaking. At least for God, it must break his heart. But here's the wonderful thing. God's not looking for who to blame for that. That light that broke into the darkness all those years ago is still shining. Nobody has turned it off. It's never stopped shining. That's where God's grace upon grace comes in Jesus. The word grace is only mentioned four times in the Greek version of the Gospel of John and all of them occur in this one passage today, the prologue to John's Gospel. And that's because as we read on in the gospel, we see that we see that grace that's introduced to us here is then actually lived out in Jesus, in who he is and in what he does and in what he says. That grace and truth takes on flesh. It's fleshed out as we read on and discover how it's lived out among us in the person of Jesus. But let's get back to the birth of Jesus, his entering into our world, God coming to us in human form, the pre-existent Son of God becoming human in Jesus without ever ceasing to be God. He has revealed himself to mankind for their salvation. That's what the incarnation means. And that's a mystery to us, but a wonderful one. And John opens his gospel with this threefold claim that just takes our breath away. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then later in verse 14 it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, literally moved into our neighbourhood. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For a great many of us, we carry with us our own conceptions of God. 
Those conceptions tend to be picked up from various places and experiences as we go through life. And as we come to look at Jesus, for a lot of people, they begin with those conceptions. Preconceived, clouded notions of who God is. Almost like looking through a telescope the wrong way round. They're trying to look at Christ through their own or through second-hand or popular clouded preconceptions, perhaps misconceptions, about God. Depending on where we're coming from, we might see God as primarily an authoritarian figure, someone who's judgmental and engaged in the world at the same time. Or for another example, someone who's like a kindly old grandfather, maybe a bit senile, but someone whose job it should be to grant us all of our desires in life. Maybe some see him as a somewhat distant figure, disengaged, disinterested, or as someone who's constantly critical. But what John's telling us here is the word became flesh. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, the incarnation demands that we turn the telescope around the right way. And instead of beginning with our own preconceptions of God and struggling to look through them at Jesus, we begin by looking through the clear and focused lens of Christ himself. Begin with Jesus. Let him show you what God is like. The word made flesh. What kind of God would take on that form of flesh that we see in Jesus? What kind of God would call for fishermen and tell them that they were now going to catch people? What kind of God would go around teaching about the kingdom, telling his disciples to pray that that kingdom would come, healing the sick, casting out demons, cleansing unclean lepers? What kind of God would say, let the little children come to me? And would feed hungry crowds with compassion, using a young boy's packed lunch. What kind of God would walk on water and calm storms, confront the self-righteous, telling them to practice what they preach? What kind of God would tell a story like the prodigal son, that mixed with tax collectors and sinners? What kind of God would utter not a word as he was sentenced to be crucified? But later, as he was dying, prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What kind of God would come to us in the form of a helpless baby? Why would he do that? Well, because that's the kind of God he is. And he made us, and he loves us, and he wants us for his own And yet not everybody takes him up on that offer. Many people just pass by because maybe they don't recognise in Jesus their conception of God. Maybe their God is far too frightening. So how would God demonstrate that he is not someone to be afraid of but someone to be approached? How else but to come to them as a helpless baby, making himself completely vulnerable so that they could risk coming near, near enough to gaze upon him, near enough to look into his loving eyes, 
near enough to feel the breath of God. God was in Christ. And what are we going to do with a God like this? The one who made us and loves us and wants us for his own. The one who wanted us so fiercely that he finally decided that if we wouldn't come to him, then he would come to us. And surely the most exciting thing about this passage is that we are in it. Not quite like one of the characters in a nativity play, but in the sense that anyone can have a part in this cosmic drama that God and Jesus is working out in our world, in you and me. Verse 14 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Now all humans, in, in one sense, are children of God, in that he is their maker, and in that sense they're special and loved, made in his image. But this language goes beyond that, saying that something can happen to people in this life <clears throat> which causes them to become new people, to anybody who believes in his name. Anyone. Children of God in the sense that even us, we might be able to, to enjoy this kind of intimacy with God that Jesus the Son has with the Father. Beloved children of God. Beloved disciples of Jesus. As we look back on all the things this past year has taught us, one of them must surely be to slow down and take notice. To take notice of the things that matter, to notice people, to notice creation, to notice God, and to recognise his stepping towards us, his, teaching, his reaching out to us in grace, his coming in the baby in a manger. Let's get more familiar with this word, this word made flesh, as we discover him in the Gospels as he infuses us and dwells within us by his Spirit, the Holy Spirit that causes us to recognise him for who, for all that he is, the Spirit of our adoption as sons and daughters that causes our hearts to cry out to God, Abba, Father. Amen. Let us now come before God with our prayers for one another and our prayers for our world. Let us pray. Lord, it seems right for us at the ending of a year like 2020 and the beginning of a new year to pause. To pause as we think about all of those 72,000 or more lives cut short in the UK by coronavirus. Mums and dads, sons and daughters, Grandparents, aunties and uncles, friends, many more people right across the world. Not just statistics, but real people. Lord, we remember all of those left behind, hurting and grieving. We look back on a year that we don't quite feel is past yet. The frustration, the pain the physical distance, the social restriction and isolation, 
hospital is overwhelmed and under pressure. But we look forward with hope of better days still to come this year. Lord, as you have walked beside us through some dark days, continue to walk with us, to lead us out of this valley, strengthen our faith, restore our hope, fill us with new reserves of kindness and compassion and patience and love for our neighbour. We pray, Lord, for the rollout of vaccines in coming weeks and months. We pray that this might be done efficiently and effectively. We pray for a good level of immunity right across our society so that the spread of this virus might be finally kept in check. We pray, Lord, that vaccines will be made available equally to all, to those most vulnerable in our society, but also fairly to people in nations across our world. We pray for stretched hospital staff at this time. We ask, Lord, that you would keep them in good health and strength, physically and mentally and spiritually. We pray that recent restrictions on social mixing will work to reduce the pressure on hospital beds and ambulances, resources and staff. We pray too, Lord, for all of those in business who are suffering from the restrictions in place at the moment, those who have been made redundant or whose jobs are on the line. Lord, we pray for creative approaches where possible so that jobs might be saved, for financial help to come available and for better, brighter times ahead in the near future. Lord, at the beginning of this new year, we renew our commitment to you, to the outworking of your purposes in our lives through your church. Lord, renew our love and strengthen us with your grace and let us know your peace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. The blessing of God Almighty Father, Son and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.